Welcome to the red half of Sheffield. This is a Sheffield United podcast by two American Blades fans. My name is Noah Snyder, and I'm joined, as always, by Chad Jarvis. And how you doing there, Chad? Happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween to all of our listeners. It is one of my favorite holidays of the year, and uh, I don't know about you. I've had a pretty damn good weekend. Yeah, mine's been uh, mine's been okay. I'm kind of a little full of piss and vinegar right now, and... Uh... Had a couple rants of the week on uh, <laughs> to you before we started recording, but yeah, it's uh, had a good weekend. Uh, good to see the blades are back to winning ways, and yeah, it hasn't been too bad. How are you, Noah? I'm doing well. Uh, went out last night with my partner and uh, her friends, and we went to a house party. I got a little shit face, which was great. Drinking them hard seltzers all night. Um, I'm gonna take so much stick from that on Twitter. I just, I, I know it right now. The truly um, man over here. Yeah. Well, no. I we we so we went to uh, like this bargain grocery and they had twelvers, twelve packs, uh, for like four bucks. Basically, oh wow. Four dollars American. And so like each one of those, uh, you know, was like pennies on the dollar and. I was just throwing them back, man. I think I must have drank like at least 10 or 11 last night before the end of the evening. And then we were playing some Rage Cage. Uh, for for those of you who don't know what Rage Cage is, it's a drinking game. You put a bunch of cups in the middle and you try to get a, a ping pong ball into a cup. There's like stacking. It's a whole thing. And uh, we had a good night last night. It was definitely a fun night. I, we dressed up as the iconic Nickelodeon characters from Fairly Odd Parents, Cosmo, Wanda, and Timmy Turner, and I was Timmy Turner. My girlfriend was Cosmo, a gender bent Cosmo, and her best friend was Wanda. It was pretty great. It was it was a fun time, man. Yeah, it looked uh, from the pictures. Yeah, online. Yeah, it looked like a fun uh, fun night, and yeah, you guys' costumes come out uh, very well. I will not be partaking in costume wearing. You don't Halloween. do that. That's that's not a thing that you do. No. Nah, nah, mm-mm, nah. What, I, what about your partner? Does, 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 does no, she do no, it? She, she, no, she's out too. She, I mean, it's kind of okay. I mean, the last thing I did uh, a couple of years ago was I dressed up as Jim from the office. And okay. if anybody has seen, if if anybody, or well, actually, I should take that back. As Jim from the American seen, office. Yes, Jim from the American office. But if anybody knows, he doesn't dress up for Halloween. So basically all it was is I bought a shirt with a tie and it says, hello, my name is Jim. And that was him. So I played that. And yeah, that's about the extent of my Halloween escapades. I just... I don't know. I, I just never really bought into the holiday. I mean, yeah, it's cool. I'll eat the candy, but other than that, you just kind of <laughs> ride ride by into the other holidays at the end of the year that I particularly enjoy. Dude, I'm doing full sized bars this year. I've I've I'm finally at a financial point in my life where I can do full size bars for the kids on Halloween. So there you go. I'm They're gonna stoked. love your place. They're yeah, gonna but love the thing your house. is. I, they never trick or treat. So I live at the end of a cul-de-sac. And so I don't get many trick or treaters. Um, and in years past, like I've just kind of like left candy out, but I was like this year, I'm going to do the whole thing. You know, I'm going to get like my bowl with the full size bars and I'm just going to be that house, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just do it up big. And, and you know, the kids will probably come back two or three times in different costumes <laughs> and they'll, they'll just eat you out of every candy. Yep. Yeah, probably. Anyway, 
Let's talk some Sheffield United football. What a fucking win yesterday. Great job by the lads and back to winning ways. I mean, we absolutely needed to win that game against a fledgling West Bromwich Albion. We thought that the new manager bounce might be a thing. Carlos Corbran taking over, but you know, they were completely toothless throughout this one. And, you know, we basically got our early goals and kind of shut the door and just didn't allow anything to just hit them on the break. Cause they had, I'd say the major after our two goals went in, they had like the majority of possession for, you know, what, 75, 80 minutes basically. And yeah. just hitting them on the counter, constantly stealing the ball, like in, in their half and, you know, trying, trying to get, trying to net a third, but we weren't successful in that respect. However, we got close a, a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a comfortable win in the end. I mean, anybody that's listening to this, I watched me and Hal do the watch along yesterday or on Saturday, whenever you happen to be listening to this. Yeah, I, I called the match scoreline right before the match started. I said, I think it's going to be 2 0. And Hal was pessimistic and said, I think we would lose 1 0. Yeah. And when we got the early goal, you know, we've talked in prior podcasts about if we get the early goal, we can go ahead and, you know, control the game. We got the goal, and then we went and get, got the second goal, and then we were just like, West Brom, here, have the have the ball. We're going to defend for the rest of the game, and good luck scoring. And if you do, we'll probably control the game if we need to. And so I think, yeah, it, a 2 nil com- in, in the end, a comfortable win. And I like that we're getting back to those sort of wins. Yeah. You know, you know, it was night and day from our, you know, this fixture last season. Obviously, we talked about it on the last podcast. We lost 4 nil last season to, you know, ostensibly a very similar West Brom team. Um, you know, how far they've fallen, really, really. Uh, but we were dealing with those, you know, long throws into the box so well, and they, you know, they looked, yeah, like I said, toothless, um, you know, chucking those balls in, they were headed out by McBurney, like pretty much every single time. And the one thing, West Brown is a good side and Coburn is going to, going to turn them around. They'll be, they'll be probably up and around the playoffs come the end of the season. But the the one thing is is you know for a new manager coming up against a blade side that yeah we've been at the top of the table yeah we've had a a sticky patch and we've we've had a, a rough bunch of games here but that's a tough team to install your system in and we saw it more in the second half that West Brom kind of grew into the game and they started to have more chances after halftime after they were able to make halftime adjustments and. I, that's why I think because if you look at their team on paper, like that's bang on third through sixth playoff position easily. So they have the players; they just have to get the system right. And it, I mean, you like to think like Colbrand did good, and this is our first win against him because we never won against him when he was at Huddersfield. And you like to think that come the end of the season, he's probably going to have him knocking on the door for, you know, even automatic promotion. Cause as soon as 
he's going to, you got to think he's going to have almost a month to tool with these guys after, you know, when we get to the international break. So they're going to get even better, but I'm glad we got them now and got three points off of them because that's at the end of the season. It's like, okay, that's another game. We were able to check off a tougher game that we were able to go and get the three points in the end of the day. Yeah. And the, I mean, the good news is that this wasn't at the lane. We got the away win yep. and, you know, that away form has to be better. I mean, I'm the home hell, the home form has to be better. We've been just so poor over the last, like to this point, we had been poor over the last six games. So, you know, back to winning ways. We've got a couple, like we were talking before we jumped on the podcast about what we need to do prior to the international break come mid November. And we've got four games basically until the international break. You said you'd like to see nine points out of 12 um if possible i said it i think it's possible for us to get 10 i think that burnley game is that's going to be the rubber match right there you yeah. know really and yeah, if I... we can if we can get 10 points before the international break i i vehemently believe that we'll be as high as third maybe maybe second if a couple of other results go our way cuz i mean it's important to remember that burnley play QPR, I think, right? Or, or sorry, they play Blackburn. Blackburn. They play they play Blackburn. So somebody's going to drop points there. So yeah. if we just do our thing, you know, and and go undefeated basically and through the end and pick up three wins and one draw out of those four, I think we're we're laughing. We're flying, man. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just honestly, I think we can get nine points because we have easier games coming down the pike and you know obviously like you said we have Burnley at the weekend next weekend and uh it, it's just one of those deals and I've said it and my I know thinking dumbass said we don't start and in, in we don't come back from the international break until boxing day no we come back in the middle of December when for whatever freaking reason we come back in the middle of December in the middle of the tournament, why not just make everybody a neutral point and say, hey, everybody starts the 26th of December on Boxing Day. Yeah, Just yeah. go at it instead of giving us an extra two weeks. Okay, I understand we have to play more games than the Prem does, but if you justify it as we take the same breaks that the Prem does, why not just have us off for the same amount of time? Why bring us two week- back two weeks earlier i'll have no idea what what the efl is doing but whatever but well, this is here's the thing chad this is a truncated season owing to the world cup so i mean i kind of understand it obviously the prem they play less games than than we do in the championship but i mean on one hand i agree but at at the same time we have so many games that we have to play and yeah i mean it's just it, it was always going to be a condensed schedule this year. Always. Yeah. No, and, and I get that, but it's just in in my like how I'm looking at the season. Yeah, those few games that we come back before Boxing Day. I don't really think the season starts until Boxing Day. You know, those will almost be like, you know, I would like to think that the Blades are going to have set up a couple preseason or you know, friendlies, mid-season friendlies while everybody's away on international duty and to keep the players' fitness up. And then when we come back, we have an easy 
like start out of the international break and then you know boxing day all right let's go on to the rest of the season you know now the season starts wherever we are after that i'll take serious not that i'm not taking this part of the season serious but i almost feel like it's kind of a building up to the actual season it's almost like a i don't want to say preseason because it's it almost dilutes the games we played but it's I don't know. They th- these games feel like they don't have the as much importance as the ones come coming after the World Cup. If that makes sense. Well, I mean, look, this was it was right around this time last year that we got started. The difference is is that we had a decent start to this season. So, um, if we can be on the same form that we were this time last year, going forward to the end of the season, I mean, that's promotion form. That's automatic promotion form. Yeah. So in a way, I kind of agree with you. I think every game, regardless, is is important. I mean, this the game next Saturday against Burnley is absolutely massive. So, uh, I mean, I I don't want to like devalue the the games at this part of the year. Every game is important. Every opportunity to to get three points on the board is important. Yeah, and, and you know, I agree with that. But if you if we were looking at this season where we are now and if we didn't have a month break i would say the game against bristol city midweek is is massive but i'm kind of like okay it's another game off the schedule it's a decently important game i i feel like we're going to be able to control that game and probably should come away with a, a winning result. But like if we had a full on schedule, where we had no break. I'd be like, yeah, that Bristol city game, massive game. we got to go get three points, blah, 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 blah. You know, we got to keep our run where I feel like we've got four games. And then after that game, we're going to have three games and it's like, okay, then we're going to hit a wall. And so yeah. it, it's, I feel, I feel myself and I don't know if this, this is just me, but I feel myself, having a hard time you know i still love the club and i love every game but i feel a hard time getting a hundred percent invested into the side right now knowing that we have that break looming yeah and i mean like you like you've said multiple times i mean we are just dying to get to this international break because mm-hmm. during that month hopefully we get a couple more back you know hopefully Jaden bogle We'll be back at that point. I'm. I, I don't know. I. I don't think so. It's tough um, to tell, man. It, I, it's tough to tell. Maybe Max Lowe. I, I. You hope that maybe like one or two come back. Our our long term injuries. No, they won't be back. It's looking like Brewster. We'll talk about it during, during our breakdown. But I mean, it's looking like Brewster probably won't be back until February, maybe March, even for like that last push, which is crazy, and it's funny because if you would have asked me like three or four weeks ago prior to our bad our our bad run of form if i thought in january we were going to need to pick up anybody i would have told you hell no like like, don't change a thing and and now now i we need we need a striker all right that striking (laughs) room is is looking really thin mcburney is our our only real out and out striker that can get it done right now you know i mean you can say Kadra can come on, but like he hasn't, besides the one goal, he hasn't really done that much to impress me. I'm thinking maybe we're probably going to lose him in January. I don't think he's happy at the club right now. 
I, in my opinion, we we brought this up during the during the watch along yesterday. Me and Hal said, send him back because honestly, he could do the same thing he's doing here at Brighton. He could sit on the bench and play sparingly. I mean, the dude got loaned to us for an option to play and play in meaningful games and play meaningful minutes, not sit on the bench in, you know, every other game, like play and not have an effect and look like he's absolutely terrible. Well, he might get an opportunity to play in the next one. He might get an opportunity to play right wing back uh, against Brighton. Yeah. I mean, mean, I'm sorry, against Bristol. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, he's going to have to start. And I mean, if I'm hecky, here's a perfect opportunity. We got four games left. Start him in every one of them damn games. Just give him a run out and see what he's got. You know, if if he if he cuts the cheese, then okay, that's another one we have in the in the holster for you know further down further down the road. But it's hard to draw conclusions on him when he play starts one, gets subbed out, and then the next couple of games he doesn't play, and then he comes in for like a 15, 20 minute cameo, and you're like, and he's terrible, and you're like, well, I don't know if he's good or if he sucks. You know, it's hard to do. And now this is the perfect opportunity because we have people dropping left and right. Put him out there and evaluate him for the next four games and be like, hey, yeah, he's worth he's good or he ain't worth the shit. But but who comes out? That's the thing. I mean, you can't take out McBurney. You can't take out Njaye. There are our two most creative players right now. They're the ones who are scoring the goals. So. You know, if he goes in, like, I don't, I mean, where do the goals come from? Do you think, I don't, he hasn't proved yet that he can score. He's, yeah. he's ha- he has one. Yeah, one he has goal. one, and that was, that but, was, but, that was on a counter, too. Yeah, and but you, you made a good point. Like, he hasn't seen enough of the, uh, enough of the game to know if he is actually an effective goal scorer, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why I said just, just throw him out there for four, for these next four games. I mean, four games is enough of, of amount of, you know, games to, to evaluate to be like, yeah, he's he 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 can get it done. We can he can be one of the first names on the team sheet, or no, we're just gonna keep him in the reserves right now and keep working with him. Because here's the here's the problem I though, Chad. Like if if we're in first place and we're flying and we don't have that bad run where we get three points out of 18 games, I agree with you. You know, yeah. I mean if if we're like second or first, then maybe, yeah, maybe you do like test the waters with them. But I mean, at the end of the day, you got to go with the hot feet, and and right now that's Illuman and Jaya and Ollie McBurney. And and that's that's another situation I got thinking about today too. Like, okay, what if in these next four games? Because I mean, odds are they're probably going to both feature in the team against Bristol City, and then they're probably going to feature in the in the game at the weekend against Burnley. You got to give them some rest at some point because you don't want your two hottest hands going down with injury like everybody else is doing so yeah. i mean it's it's kind of a it, it, we're on a knife's edge right now of what we do and what we i don't know i, I wouldn't want to be in hecky shoes and i've said that time and again I, the dude has he's got a tough job i mean oh, yeah. it, it's it is not an easy job and i think you're right i think there's no way that we can expect you know illman and jaye and ollie mcburney to play you know 90 minutes in both of these games, one on Tuesday, coming up in mm-hmm. just a couple of days here, and then at the weekend. I mean, granted, it's better than a Wednesday fixture because yeah. then you, you, I mean, you have a little bit more time to rest. 
But you're right, maybe uh, one of the two does come in off the bench. The thing is, is that Illuman and Jaya, he comes into games and he changes them. That's yeah. that like, yeah, I mean, maybe you see if you give Kadra 45, see if it's working. If not, you pull him off and slot and Jaya and Jaya in there. But yeah. for me, I, I don't know. And Jaya is the first name on the team sheet every time, every yeah. time. Or yeah. Maybe you change formation, you know, maybe Fleck comes off and Kadra comes on. Yeah, and that's that's another thing. Do we change formation with our injury crisis? Do we switch it up? And I think Hecky's a little Hecky's a little hesitant to check to change it up because, you know, when he took over, he went back to what the old guard knew, and okay, most of the old guard are kind of starting to get phased out, whether it be injury or you know just getting older and whatnot. Do we see something? And we talked about that. Me and Hal talked about this in the watch long. It would be cool if our team was able to change formation, start with one and go 20, 25 minutes. And if it's not working, jam in another formation, you know, change it while the game's going on. Boom, here we go. You got another way to attack the opposing team. I don't ever see us doing that, but it might be something that we, you know, we have to do based on the, the limited amount of bodies we have. Yeah, I've planned for at the back. I, I was thinking about this earlier, man. I think that that's a really tough ask, considering all this club has known since, what, 2017? Yeah. 2016, 2017? 2016, yeah. I mean, is playing a, a you know, a modified five at, at, five at the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've changed it up up front, obviously, you know, especially post-Wilder era, but... I think that, you know, the way our defense works to, at its best is when we're playing five at the back. We're much more solid. I mean, just you you just need to look at the sample size of games that we played four at the back last year under Djokanovic, and we we fell to pieces at times, you know? We just couldn't yeah. deal with it. Deal with it. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with you. It's just, oh, man, so many issues. And, I mean, what are we fourth in the table? You would think we're in the relegation zone the way we're talking right now, but I know. I, know. I mean, I mean, but we're, we're I, okay. This is this is how badly I think you know we as a club want you know want to need to go up this season. And let's face it, the play the playoff places we just never we've never gotten it done from the playoff places. So that means one or two. You know, yeah. we have to. I think we have to if we have any hope of going up this year. We got to do it one or two. Yeah, talked about no. that multiple times. No, I'm in agreement with you, and this is another thing I got. And I know we're our our regular listeners are are clamoring for do the match review, do the match review. But this is another thing I got thinking. If we go up, you know, the likes of Sandy Barge, the likes of Ilman Die, you know their you know their eyes are they got wandering eyes right now, and they they listen to social media and they hear, you know, their names, you know, rumors, links, all this stuff. And I don't want us to be this way, but if we were to get promoted, are they going to just sign RC? I'm going to go play for, you know, Everton or uh, Crystal Palace or whatever and leave us high and dry. And, uh, no, now granted this side we have right now, I, we wouldn't stand a chance going, staying up. We'd probably just come right back down, but, but it's, it's all about the money. It's, it's knowing that we're going to get the money at the end of the season, regardless of where we finish, we'll be able to parlay that into some new, some new talent, hopefully, even if they do go away. And we said it earlier in this podcast, 
or maybe it was when when you and I were talking before, but between Illumin and Jaya and Sandy Barge, that's between sixty and eighty million, in my humble yeah. opinion. Yeah, there's there's a lot of money on, on paper, the table. On pa- on paper, both of those players are bet- like together. It's between sixty and eighty. I I mean, at least if I look, if I if I was an executive at at the club, I wouldn't want to sell either of them for less than thirty. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean that's that's a fair shout, and it's almost like you know Sandy Barge wants to go because he wants to play Champions League football, and I get yeah. that. His his best option is going to be going, I think, to a European club. You know, well, he's yeah, gonna be, yeah, he's going to be better off going to, you know, um, I, I don't know, Dortmund or you somebody know, like a, that. a Spanish yeah. club, maybe a, a Real Madrid, a Barcelona. Um, although I don't know if they'd have him. I don't know if he makes. I don't know if he makes a starting eleven at either no, of those God. clubs. Mm. Uh, no, not he does. But no. maybe a maybe a you know back to Belgium. You know, yeah, like, over I to mean, France. In- and it's one of those deals, okay, he's going to get lured away. We understand that. But doesn't die, you know, how how deep do those red and white stripes go? Is he loyal to the club or is he loyal to a certain extent where somebody goes and says, hey, we're going to throw this much money at you, come play for us. And I really want to – I'm curious to see how this plays out because I want to see – I mean, he doesn't owe anything. He's not indebted to this club. He doesn't owe us anything. I mean, what he's given given to us over the past what year and a half season in a quarter season in a third is is enough. What he's going to probably give us for this this season, so you can say the better parts of two, of two seasons is enough for me. But if he were to snub these bigger clubs that want to come sniffing around him and just say, Hey, I want to be a blade. I want to like play my career here. That would be to me, that would be awesome. But, you know, I honestly want to see him go and be successful. And, you know, if he has the chance to go to a team that can win the premier league or win the champions league, that's, that's fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, you'll, I'll always know he's a blade, but I I'm, almost curious to see how deep those red and white stripes run in his blood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look, is it the, the club, it, where the club does it gave come, him a start? So I think there's some modicum of loyalty there. There has yeah, to be. Yeah. And, in in does it, is it a thing where it comes like he leaves at the first time of asking, or does he snub a bunch of teams for like the end of this season, you know, maybe plays with us next year if we get promoted and then after that, you know, if we get relegated, he's like, okay, I did enough here. I'm going to go and see you guys. Because if he snubbed everybody, if we went up and he snubbed a bunch of clubs in the summer this year and then played with us and we got relegated next year and he didn't have that big of an effect and he's like, all right, deuces, I'm out. I'm just going to – I'm going to go and, you know, stay in the prem and, and continue to grow my game. I completely understand that. I'd be okay. I'd be completely fine with that. I wouldn't have – I wouldn't – I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, he's not loyal to the club, blah, blah, blah. No, go on and grow your career, man. Yeah. 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 Inclined to agree with you. Inclined to agree with you. Well, that was a long uh, sort of detour there. Um, That's the kind of you... pissing piss vinegar I'm on tonight. I was on like a bunch of rants, man. I was just yeah. locked and loaded with everything. Well, I, I hope the listeners enjoyed that. I, I mean, you know, look, we, we have a very structured podcast or have to this point, but you know, I, hey, we talked for 30 minutes right now about all things United. And, yeah. you know, every once in a while we have to do it. You know, we have to get yeah. that out there. I think it's important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We got to change up every once in a while. 
So let's review our 2-0 win over West Brom Albion, uh, West Bromwich Albion yesterday, um, or I should say Saturday for those of you who are listening on a day that is not Sunday, October 30th. But the first real chance of this game came to West Brom as Jed Wallace took a shot from downtown. And when I say downtown, I mean way downtown, like 38 yards away, and uh, it went wide, didn't have a prayer. Seventh minute after a great tackle by Balduck, he finds McBurney, who passes to Doyle, who gets it right back to McBurney in the box. He looks for options, finds Norwood, and he blasts his shot, but it is way over the bar. And then, you know, end to end here, Furlong put in a long ball over the top uh, for Phillips. He beats Ben Osborne down the right from a West Brom perspective, and he gets in but he can't find anybody and i think it's egan who slides in prevents a cross from coming in and then osborne clears and then and then 11 minutes in ball out on the left for osborne he finds fleck about 25 yards out he passes to doyle who first times it over the top puts in an absolute beauty of a ball for ball duck who takes it first time looking initially for McBurney, who either cleverly dummies it or, you know, tries to shoot and misses. I don't know which one it was. Uh, It doesn't matter as it falls for Njai, who takes a touch and just passes it right into the back of the net. I mean, totally froze the keeper, basically. And 1-0 to the Blades, 11 minutes in. I I mean, it it was a good spell a good play to get us on the board early. And we've talked numerous times over the past, I don't know how many pods we've done. The game changes when the blades get an early goal. And we've been clamoring for that, you know, since we've had this bad run of form for so long, we need to get a goal. We need to get a goal. We need to get an early goal. This was the game. We got an early goal and it almost felt like, okay, we can kind of control the game now And, you know, honestly, West Brom started a little bit, you know, as you alluded to, they started a little bit of the better side in this game. And then once we got this goal, it was like, okay, we're in front. And I I think we're going to go on, you know, little did I know we were going to go and get another goal so soon. But I felt okay. And it's like, all right, we kind of took the wind out of West Brom's sails. And it kind of put all the momentum on our side of the the and pitch. then ultimately, we we did exactly you know what we've been clamoring for because you know they felt like they had to come attack us at that point, and then we were you know sure enough we were able to get them on the counter. Um, mm-hmm. But before that, 16th minute, short corner taken by Doyle to Osborne. He passes to Norwood, who first times a ping over the top of the West Brom defense, and like there were like four United players over there. Uh, ball falls to McBurney. He's able to get ahead to it, but just can't hit it right as the ball sails over the top of the crossbar. 23rd minute ball into the midfield on the counter as Njaya is on it he promptly beats like three West Brom midfielders and goes on a fantastic run from the halfway line to basically to the top of the box with McBurney Njaya slips a ball to McBurney some 20 yards from net he takes a touch to the right and curls one past Palmer and it is a second for United Njaya phenomenal again the link up with McBurney is absolutely brilliant right now and I mean, those two really seem to be clicking, huh, Chad? Yeah, it was – I mean, it was good link-up play between them. And, you know, I, I give credit to McBurney because that was a a shot I didn't know he had. He pulled it out the bag, 
and yeah. just curled it around the the keeper. I mean, it was a it was a pretty goal. I mean, I didn't think he scored any goals besides you know from point blank range and with his head. And then to see him do that, it's like, okay, you got this in the bag. Yeah, this is a this is a striker that is deadly on form right now. Yeah, and I mean, McBurney has scored two goals from either the top or outside, just outside the box this season. And I think he himself admitted to the fact that he had never really done that before in his career. Yeah, and, and I mean, kudos to him saying, hey, you know, I've, I've never been good from that far out. But yeah, he's, uh, if he if he gets his long range shot going from, uh, from anywhere on the pitch, whew, man, it only makes him, more valuable come the end of the season his contracts up yeah that i mean that makes him the 20 million dollar striker that we're that we paid for sorry 20 million pound striker i should say yeah although with how the dollar is up against the pound uh it, it's basically 20 million U- us yeah, now. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh sorry apologies to uh to our british listeners for taking the piss there but <laughs> i mean it was it was good times for me when i was over there it really yeah, was. Yeah. 27th minute after a long throw, Jake Livermore puts a headed ball for Townsend, but it is blocked by Baldock and cleared out. 31st minute, Jed Wallace put in a ball for O'Shea, who heads the ball to the left of Adam Davies' goal. Um, he tries to come out and and like punch it, but you know we were very fortunate as uh, they just weren't able to get to the third ball there, West Brom. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh... In in this is another point I had too. We need West back because Davo just doesn't do it for me in between the sticks. Yeah, he looked out. There was a couple times where he just came out and flapped it that stuff and did the Superman punch and <laughs> uh yeah. Work just we got ninety more minutes until we get West back and hopefully West touching wood stays healthy through the rest of the season. But man, I don't know. Davo just—he looks like he's never played before. Looks like he's not—he didn't know when to come out and when to stay in. He, I guess that's not playing enough with with the back line. And you know, to granted, he hasn't played with him what since preseason time. Well, so, and he was hurt in preseason, so it was it was a miss. It wasn't even Davo in 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 preseason, so he hasn't had time with his back line. We we get West back next game, don't we? No, we he he's still out he's, for he's still out he's, for Bristol City, isn't he? he? He's he's served a, th- a three match ban: Coventry, Norwich, and West Brom. Oh yeah, okay. Well then he's back. Oh, I thought he was still gone. Oh no, God, no, we we God. get we get him back on Tuesday. So <sighs> yeah, thank it's God. an added benefit. You know, yeah. I look. I did did Adam Davies impress me? No, was he good cover? I, I mean. You know, I mean, better than Michael Verrips. Well, I mean, Jake, is- Jake Eastwood. Yeah. At I times. mean, we haven't seen Amisa. Amisa was in there when Wes pooed himself, pooed himself. And um, <laughs> I mean, I just I just like going with the the tried and true clean sheet OS, clean sheet OS, Lee one OS. <laughs> And that was another one to add to your pantheon of terrible impressions there, Chad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ali, go on. OS. <laughs> uh, let's get back to this one. Uh, so they, West Bromwich Albion had a, a series of 
you know, throw-ins from, you know, basically like the final, their final third of the pitch and Furlong kept putting long throw after long throw in and we dealt with them comfortably. I talked about it earlier on the podcast, uh, McBurney getting ahead to it time and time again. Good work from from our defense and especially Ollie McBurney in, in a defending role. Yeah, I and mean, I'm going to take this from the mothership uh, as us being a part of the Tufty Club International branch. Um, how about the guy with the pink towel that kept giving Furlong the, <laughs> the pink towel every time the ball would go out? They, they alluded to, I think, uh, I think Webby uh, alluded to he was there last year when Furlong, I think they scored a goal off of a, a, a long throw, and the guy had the pink towel last game, and Furlong like gave him a high five or shook his hand or whatever because they won the game. But where's the does the dude? The question they brought up during the pod, and I don't mean to steal from them. Does the dude bring the pink towel to every game? Like, like does he it... have it in the in the like he he showers <laughs> with it during the week and then throws it in the washer and then brings it to the ground and says, "Okay, I'm gonna sit right here. Furlong's gonna have a long throw in, so every time I'll just drape the the pink towel over the the advertising hoardings and then he'll can he can use it. I mean, does I'm I'm picturing the guy now like basically like drying himself off with that towel yeah you know hanging it up and then bringing it to the pitch the next day <laughs> yeah like i mean <laughs> come on dude and it's like then furlong gets the ball and this is the longest i mean the ball must be massive and there most must be a bunch of crevices or crevasses however you say it because it took it took him like two minutes to clean to like dry the ball off and i'm like dude the freaking thing ain't that big like a couple wipes here and there, and you should be good. But I don't, I don't know. It's just I listened to their <laughs> pod, and it was it got me thinking. It's like the dude must bring the pink towel to every single game. I would imagine. I don't know. Yeah. Or is he the pink towel dude? Like is he employed by the club? I don't. It's just a weird <laughs> situation. I I feel like it's likely that that's his towel. I mean, why isn't it West Bromwich Albion branded? You know? Yeah, right. I mean, you would, you would figure if it was <laughs> that's from the, the club, towel that they, they choose. Be... Like, yeah, they can't have something with like a, their sponsor or a, the club crest on there. I mean, you would think like, hey, dude, you're gonna keep coming to every game with your towel here. Have one from the club and just hand it over. That way, we get adver- sponsorship advertising. The clubs get. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just out of the kindness of his heart, you know? Maybe, maybe. All right. I think that's enough gimmick infringement on Tufty Club here. Uh, (laughs) Let's move along. 37th minute off of a corner. Wallace had a shot from outside the box and misses to the left. The ball is cleared out, but only as far as Wallace again, who passes to Diangana, who takes a shot from about 30 yards out and is very close, but just to the right. I do think Davies would have saved that. I think he had it covered. Yeah. Hopefully, good thing he he didn't have to be he didn't have to be troubled by it. And you know, honestly, for the most part, you know, I I was slagging Davy Davo off a little bit ago. I mean, they really didn't have much of anything to offer. But you know, the the couple of times, I mean, they should have had a goal, and we'll allude, we'll talk about that later in the game. But yeah, he, I mean, 
it was kind of like our back line was back to the old back line that we got used to where, you know, we would often make comments of Wes sitting back there in a lawn chair reading a book because he didn't have anything to do. And it was it was weird in this game because, as you alluded to, West Brom had so much possession, but they really didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. 38th minute, Ahmed Hodzic fouls Diangana, and he is out for the game against Bristol City, as we said before, accumulation of yellows. And yeah, uh, that is going to be a huge loss come Tuesday. Yeah. And the, the one thing uh, we brought up uh, in the watch along yesterday, do you sacrifice Norwood too? Because he's one away from the five. So do we in the next three or four matches, do we sacrifice him, lose him for a game? That way we go through the next four games and then we get on a, a good run coming out of the World Cup and then, oh, all of a sudden he goes down because he has a yellow card accumulation. Is this one of those things where we shore up before the international break? I don't know. Well, I'd be willing to sacrifice him for one. I, think I mean, I he's remember, been so influential. I think it was on Blades Pod they said that, you know, there there was, I think it was either last season or the season before that, Norwood had like got four yellows very quickly and then he never got one the rest of the season. So he never yeah. even got to five. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it cha- it does change the way he plays a little bit and he he doesn't get a, a yellow card. Yeah, you know, that's true. 41st minute here uh, after a game of head tennis that seemingly went on forever. Ball falls to Matt Phillips, who has a shot that is parried away by Davies. A really, really good save from Davies here. 42nd minute, Basham puts in a long, long ball over the top for Njaye, who I, he looked offside a mile, um, but he I guess he beat the sleeping defenders because he cuts into the box, tries a shot that is struck well, and it I think it went off a defender and uh, just over the top of the bar. If that doesn't hit a defender, I think that's our third there for sure. Yeah, that probably puts the game to bed, but, you know, Ndai just absolutely a world beater a game changer yeah. for us man i mean on an absolute tear absolute tear yeah. yeah yeah just keep just keep that form going man yep we dealt with several more corners at the end of the first half uh mcburney corner after corner just heading that ball away just doing such a job for us and that was pretty much the end of the first half and like you said earlier chad i, I didn't feel that you know west Bromwich albion threatened too much in the first half I mean, we just kind of absorbed the pressure, you know, hope to catch them on the counter, and, you know, we were 2-0 up. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to say going into halftime, I didn't really feel comfortable because they say the most dangerous lead in, in football is a 2-0 lead. Yep. So I was really, you know, still kind of worried, but I also kind of felt comfortable because West Brom, you know, had all that, all those chances. They really didn't do much with any of them. So I was like, okay, if we come out stronger in the second half, you know, make a few subs, you know, maybe we can see this out. You know, I'm not used to, I'm not used to us being in winning situations over the last, what, five games. Yeah. 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 What, what is this feeling? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So we come out after the break, and uh, we're on the front foot immediately. Several good crosses come in from Doyle and Osborne, and the former finds McBurney, who tries to head across for Njaye, but a last-ditch sliding grab by Palmer prevents a second for Njaye there. First real chance for West Brom, 
in the second half comes in the 48th minute as a ball is slipped in the box for Grant and as he's falling takes a shot but it's dealt with relatively easily by Davies. 50th minute on the counterattack, Doyle with an amazing through ball for Njaye, who like takes a touch, gets past Palmer, and promptly sticks it into the side netting. I mean, I think he took too hard of a, a first touch there, and you know he gets around the the West Brom keeper, but just wasn't able to take it well as he was off balance. So yeah, that's as you just alluded to. That's all it was. He just had too heavy a touch in the box carried him too wide and he just slammed into the side netting yep yep 54th minute and jay again gets away from his man down the left hand side he pulls it back for osborne who has a shot and it's blocked and jay everywhere here united win the ball back thanks to Ndaye, and uh he passes to norwood 27 yards out who dribbles to the d and takes a shot that like curls like looks like it's gonna go in and then at the last second it just curls to the left but yeah, I mean, really good work from Njai, like yeah, during this ab- period. Absolute world beater. But I will allude to that that opportunity where where Ndai carried the ball wide. That through ball from Tommy Doyle, absolutely amazing. And it goes without being said, Tommy Doyle was an absolute masterclass in this game as well as Ndai. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Fifty ninth minute. West Brom's defense, so poor. They give the ball away again to Njaye, who slips a pass for Doyle, who takes a shot that is just, just, just over the bar. And he's due. I mean, a goal is coming for Tommy Doyle. And and it might be one of those things, if he gets a goal, do they start coming in bunches? Because if if, if he sees the net bulge, this might be you get one, then you get two, three, four, five, you know, in consecutive, like not in consecutive games, but more than we we would allude or like we would have thought at the beginning of the season, bringing him in on loan. If he gets a couple goals, gets his confidence through the roof, whew, man, this dude is dangerous. Yeah, I. It's funny because you know at the beginning of the season, I would have thought McAtee would have been a little bit better than Doyle, but yeah. I mean Doyle has proven himself to be quite a player. And I mean, my hope is, you know, my dream scenario, we're able to go up automatically and Man City are like, you know what? You can have Doyle on a permanent. And and I think it goes back to, it harkens back to Tommy Doyle having the league, the EFL experience opposed to McAtee playing the Premier League 2 or Division 2, whatever it is not exactly being the best competition. So now he's getting, you know, more competitive, more competitive games and more competition from other players around him. So he's struggling a little bit. And if it, it's, it's one of those things, like we talked about with Kadra, if you give McAtee more games, does this, do you see him like succeed and start to grow and get confidence and be the player we all want him to be? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I hope so. I, I think McAtee will get some more time here, especially with, you know, Bedgay out. I really think that it's kind of Big Mac's time. Mm-hmm. So 65th minute, Brewster comes on for Fleck, and ultimately 
It's going to be a nightmare situation for him. 66th minute, Diangana passes to Malembe just on, who takes a shot from outside the box, and it goes to the right, but what an absolute missile that was. If that's on target, there's no way Davies is getting to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good save, but, you know, it was a good chance. And it was at this point, West Brom started to turn the screw a little bit on us. Yeah. He was asking more questions of our defense. And it's yeah. like, this is where I, I, I like to see our defense excel and rise to the occasion. Yeah, I look, we dealt with a lot, a lot of it. I didn't think that they had a you know an amazing bang on chance except for that one like very, very late on. I mean, game was killed and dead at that point. But mm-hmm. um yeah, I I I to that point, I mean, until that point in the game, I mean, they didn't really have a lot. They didn't have a ton, a, a lot yeah. threatening going forward. So yeah, 74th minute, Phillips gets the ball to Swift, who just come on. He takes a shot that was just over the bar. Davies dove for that one, but it it missed. I mean, it, it, it was a good three, four yards to the left. 76th minute, Balduck injured, comes off for, for uh, Jackie Longthrow, and then poor, poor Rian Brewster. I mean, did his hamstring again, and I don't know. That's probably it for him for the next four months. As we said earlier, he might be available in February if everything goes all right, but... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just, Brewster. I, at, at this point, I'm lost for words, honestly. I don't really – it sucks for the kid. He's going to be out. He's going to miss the majority of the season now. And it's like I, I don't really know what it boils down to. It's just it's, it sucks for him because he can never catch a break, it seems like. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of like we kind of got fleeced by Liverpool and – He's our he's our responsibility now, and we have just kind of almost dropped the ball on this on, on this one. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a situation where next year he needs a loan. You know, he needs to absolutely piss it somewhere, and you know, yeah. maybe that's that's what it is for him. A change of scenery, maybe. Change he's, of scenery. He's still so young. That's that's the thing. Like he's he's what twenty two, twenty three, something. Yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah. You know, he hasn't hit the prime of his career yet. I mean, you hope, you hope that eventually we get to see the the player that was promised when when Wilder bought him in, in the fall of 2020. Yeah, and it's almost like if we would have had the same situation we have with Brewster by, or that we have now with Kadra we had with Brewster, we wouldn't have bought him. He would have been, yeah. he was terrible that season. We would have just sent him back to Liverpool and said, here, you can have him. And I, it's it's almost like a situation you could compare, you know, like I said, the cadre situation right now, like, you know, we have an option to buy you at the end of the season. Obviously right now, we're even if we go up, we're not going to buy you. Honestly, I don't see that happening, but it's, it's, it's kind of one of those things that harkens back to like, if we weren't so persistent and we were just like, we wanted to get him in on a loan because that, that season was so rushed and we had to bring him in. We had to get him in. We needed a striker, 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 striker. And we splashed all that money for him, and then it just kind of just fell flat on its face. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I mean, we I, we never did consider a loan a loan with an option to buy for Brewster. Yeah, it was like Wilder. All Wilder wanted was just buy him, buy him, buy him, buy him, buy him. Yeah. And I think I don't know if Liverpool would have necessarily let him. They were looking for that. I think they wanted to offload him. Yeah. Yeah. What would have been? What could have been? Uh, we took that you know. one hook, line, and sinker. Yep, yep, yes, we did. 
78th minute, Adam Reach just on, passes to Malumbi, who takes a shot that is blocked. It falls right back to him, and he takes a shot again, but it's straight at Davies. But I feel like that one stung Davies' palms a little bit. I mean, he has one hell of a shot, Malumbi, doesn't he? Yeah, that was uh, that would have been a piss missile um, if it would have went in. But yeah, that had some that had some smoke smoke behind it. 84th minute, McBurney has a shot that is blocked. 85th minute, another another apparent injury as Basham, who was you know kind of limping on his foot like throughout much of that second half, is replaced by Stevens. And this is the first time we've seen Stevens in a while. I mean, how do you think he did in his limited minutes? You know, it's not a large sample size, but but still, yeah. I mean, I really didn't notice him in the you know like you said the limited cameo he had. But um, I guess he's next man up, next man up mantra now with this team. But, yeah, uh, Bash, I'm surprised, lasted until the 85th minute because in the first half he was pulling – he was, like, you know, trying to stretch out his groin. And that was, like, in the 40th minute. And then for it to be the 85th minute and go through halftime – so you're talking about another probably 50 minutes, 55 minutes, give or take, that he played on that. I wonder if that was a precaution or he was like, okay, this is all I can take of this. I need to come out now. And heck, he was like, all right, we'll get you off. But I hope that's that's the case. I hope it was completely precautionary. Yeah. And, and that, that he's able to I, get some work done. You I know? think the same thing along with like along the lines of Baldock, too. Because Baldock didn't really show anything, any symptoms or any like, you know, he wasn't laying on the floor and needed treatment or not. So I wonder if, I wonder if that one was precautionary as well. So, you know, a little bit preventative maintenance so we don't exacerbate something and we have only you know, five and- or six players healthy. I mean, hopefully, you know, us reading, we're just reading too much into this. And, you know, Hecky was like, look, we're comfortably up to nil. Like, come on out. I mean, you've mm-hmm. put in some good minutes, but we have to save you for Tuesday. I mean, that's three days away at that point. So, you know, let's get some minutes to some of these more supporting role role players. And, yeah, I'm, I, you know, I mean, the only one that I think is of real concern is Bash, especially considering that we're not going to have an L in the next game. You know, if we had yeah. an L, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be as concerned. We, we've got the coverage of Jackie Longthrow and, um, you know, hopefully a getting fitter Kieran Clark. I mean, I didn't think he was gonna. Pe- I didn't think he was gonna come back all season. Yeah, I, I thought he would have been a Charlie Good slash bad. We we get him at the beginning of the season and he never plays for us. Um, remember when he was supposed to be out for a week and he's been out? Hey, what is it? Uh, uh, October slash November. Yeah, three months. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Crazy. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll see on on Tuesday. Yep. Yep. And then. West Brom's best chance of the game. It comes in the 90th minute. West Brom win a corner. I think O'Shea puts puts in a cross. Carlin Grants uh, gets ahead to it, and it's blocked. And then Brandon Thomas Asante get, heads it, and it's blocked again. And Adam Reach gets to it, and it is blocked again. And finally, Anel Ahmed Hodzic puts it out for a corner. But, oh, my God, what a scramble there. Like, a yard less than a yard out and they really should have scored there they really yeah they, have. this thing should have finished 2-1 because i don't know this harkens back to the amount of you know chances we've had in front of goal and couldn't score and it just was what it was just one of those deals where west brom just 
couldn't hit from anywhere. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, I think they had like one more missed shot, but that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, I don't want to say we walked the game, but they really didn't offer that much going forward, save for that 90th minute chance. And hey, it's another clean sheet. Uh, Ahmed Hadzic has started 11 games. Seven of those have been clean sheets. So, you know, this lad can do it. He can do it. And uh, we're going to miss him sorely in the next game. I think I know who you're going to say, but you're man of the match, Chad. It's got to be TD, man. Uh, Tommy Doyle, man. For me. Tommy Doyle. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm going with Tommy Doyle. That dude has been absolutely bossing it. And in, in close second, you know, we talked about this before we started recording. Ollie Norwood just putting in an absolute shift, man. Goes under the radar, you know. I don't know why we have John Fleck taking set pieces, though. He sucks at them. It's either TD or uh, Ollie Norwood that takes the, the set pieces. But, yeah, it just – Norwood and Doyle just control – they got that – if we get Sandy Barge back and we got Doyle and Norwood holding that midfield down, man – that midfield's going to be so good. But, that's, yeah, my man that, in the that's match a, goes that's, TD. That's a great midfield, if not the best midfield in the league. Just my oh, humble 100%. opinion on it. 100%. Yeah. I, I think they there was a, you know, a screenshot going around from a BBC broadcast. And right now, Ollie Norwood is number one in assists, number one in possession one, number one in tackles in the league. Yeah. I mean, it is so impressive. That's How unbelievable. Ollie Norwood has been I, unbelievable in the revelation that has that is the world of Oliver Norwood. And you know, for as much as we absolutely shat on him mm-hmm. last season, or I'm sorry, two seasons ago, yeah, he's been amazing these last two seasons. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's nuts. Well, we go again this Tuesday. It is a what? It's an 8 p.m. GMT start. I think. Well, I think it's I think yeah, it might be because the time they've done the the whole fall back daylight thing. savings time uh, a week ahead of ours. So yeah, it's a yeah. four p.m. kickoff Tuesday here. So what is that? It's nine o'clock. It, would it be no, eight o'clock? It, yeah, it'd it be would eight be eight o'clock. o'clock. Yeah, we're trying to do math on this pod, and it's not really working. I was told there wouldn't be any math. Yeah, it's it's it, for a limited period of time. It's only seven hours between Pacific Standard Time and Greenwich Mean Time. So okay, okay. So then it and is I guess eight, four, eight four hours for you. Yeah, yeah, four hours. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Four hours. That's that is nuts. No, it's it's great for the weekend because instead of the game starting at four thirty a.m., it starts at five thirty a.m. for there me. You so you know, I get to get up a little bit earlier. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. You get um, that sorry, extra a little bit late, a little bit later. I get I yeah. get to get up a little bit later. Yeah, get that extra yeah. hour. Yep, brilliant. Well, let's talk a little Bristol City here. Bristol City, they've been on mixed form. They drew this past weekend uh, against Swansea. They got beat by Reading prior to that. Um, they beat West Brom, but who the fuck hasn't this season? Uh, they lost to Millwall at home, and then before that, they beat Preston 2-1. So, uh, yeah, you know, mixed form for Bristol City, and they're sitting 14th, 14th it looks like. Slap yeah. dab about in the middle of the table, middle of the road. So, I mean, what, you know, how do you think they're going to line up in this game this coming Tuesday? You think a similar formation and a similar team uh, as they had against the Swans? 
I would imagine so, but you know, obviously with a quick turnaround, they're probably going to have some changes. So we're not probably going to be anywhere close on their lineup, but their front three of Semenyo, Wells, and Conway, that is a pretty good front three. And I think together out of all three of those players, they have Wells on seven 16, goals. Yes. 16 goals can, from the front three. So yeah, they, and they've scored 26. So all but 10 of their goal contributions have come from, from their front three. So that our, our back line is for sure going to have their hands full. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, Semenyo's on three goals and two assists and, you know, I, both Naki Wells and Conway seven and six goals respectively. So, yeah, their striking pair does it for them. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. You know. the The biggest thing is, is you know, us mini missing Anel and maybe Bash. Are Are we going to be in some trouble in the back? You know, because we're going to have to. I don't. I'm assuming we're going to do lineup predictions, but I have no idea who the hell we're going to stick in the back line, especially if if Bash is out. I mean, obviously, like you alluded to, Jackie Longstreet is going to come in, but they. Yeah. If Bristol City shows up, you know, this this game could, you know, fall in their favor. Yeah, I mean, how, how do you see United lining up in this game? It's a tough I, call, isn't it? Yeah. I, do we go – I mean, obviously, Wes is going to be back. Egan, you would like to think. Hopefully, Bash is able to go, and then Jackie Longthrow comes in. And then – yeah. If if Baldock is healthy, he starts Osborne. You know, do we take McAtee or put McAtee in and, and take Fleck out, and yeah. then have have him paired with with Doyle and Norwood, and then you know your your front two is kind of set in stone as McBurney and Ndiaye. So I think that's my lineup right there. I mean, I, I don't know if we're gonna alter much of that. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with exactly what you said. I I think we kind of have to chuck out who we have, you know? I mean, yeah. the only question mark besides Bash is Balduck. Is Balduck injured? You know, do we need to bring Enda Stevens on to play, you know, stick Osborne on the right wing back and put Enda Stevens in at the left wing back? Yeah, I mean, that's a possible, you know, contra- like possible lineup <laughs> change, but we – I. Nobody's gonna know until the the lineups are released an hour before the game on yep. Tuesday. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. How about a score prediction from you there, Chad? And with all that talk, I'm probably gonna play for a one-one, yeah, one-one draw. I, I, I just I don't feel you know until I see that lineup that we we unveil, and, and if it if it has a couple of the names I want in there. I'll feel better and I could see us winning this game 2-0. But with the question marks at the back, we might slip up one. And I'm confident we can get a goal because I think they've conceded 27 goals this season. So as of right now, today, I think a 1-1 draw, but it could go it could go 2-0 in my favor. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you there, Chad. I, I also think a 1-1 draw is probably going to be the result. Um, you know, I always say the Blades are going to win every game, but um, this is one where I think uh, a 1-1 draw is probably ahead for us. And um, I hope I'm wrong. 
I, hopefully the blades can nick it. Hopefully we can get that two nil win that you were talking about. But yeah, I'm going to say that Illumin and Jaya gets another goal. And I don't know. I mean, Naki Wells, he, he, he's yeah. a man on form and I think he's probably going to get the goal. Yeah. West. It's a West Fodderingham goal for me. If uh, okay. any returns to the side and scores one, a scream or he just lofts it. The wind's blowing and it whips the goalkeepers <laughs> off his line and it bounce, takes two bounces and into the goal. One of these days, one of those predictions is going to come true and you're going to look absolutely <laughs> brilliant. But <laughs> Few and far between. Few and far between, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that just about wraps it up here for the red half of Sheffield. If you haven't done so already, please give us a follow at Red Sheffield on Twitter and at the red half of Sheffield on Facebook. And Chad, where can the people find you on social media? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at cjarvis underscore 13. You can follow me, Noah Snyder, at sunpuck on Instagram and at nestman930 on Twitter. Until this Tuesday when we play Bristol City away, up the blades, Chad. Up the blades. Come on, you red and white wizards. (laughs) 